All right, welcome back, ladies and gents, to the weekly walk and talk. And look who is back. It is my wife, Kristen. She is back from America after her travel. She's going to be saying a few things about that later in the video, right? Mm -hmm. All right, so Kristen's going to walk on now. We'll get her back in a short while. She's going to share a few interesting things about her trip. Uh, so let's get into the first big news then. And this is the final day of the Bank of England. Oh, let's get over this bridge. The Bank of England, it's the final day now that they've said it's either the bond market sorts itself out or it's basically go big or go bust is what they're saying, which is actually crazy if you think about it. So a lot of people didn't understand the video from a few days ago where I said BOE colon three days left. And that was all about the Bank of England's governor saying, that's it. There is three days left. We're going to print more money, buy more bonds. But if it doesn't fix the situation, that is it. We're not going to sort of get involved after Friday, which is today. So by the time this video comes out, um, however many hours later in the evening UK time, it will all be over and done with. So this is actually, this could either be super, super crazy. And I can't even imagine what might happen, especially to pensions, if you've got a pension, or it sorts itself out and everything's fine. But just looking at the yield on the bond rate right now, it's at 4% as of recording this video. So yeah, it's come down a little bit from that 4.5% rate, but not where it needs to be just yet. But let's move over to the USA now, and we'll come back to the UK because there's a lot of bad stuff happening with the UK economy, just so much news coming out of there. We're not really going to talk about Europe today. There's one story I'm going to cover, which is a severe, it's a serious story that's happening with um, energy in, in Europe. But apart from that, we're going to focus on the USA and the UK today. So firstly, the CPI came out yesterday, hot. That's how it was described. The CPI came in hot um, at 0.4% year over year. That's what YOY means whenever you see that. So it means year over year, CPI is up 0.4%. Again, I'm not surprised. It's so funny. I mean, I do this video every month now. So I guess for some people that's like, okay, this is getting boring, Neil. Yes, okay. You said it wouldn't be this. And now, you know, we've got high inflation. But actually, I want to change this a little bit today. So you know what my forecast is coming up. So I think that we are not yet nearing peak inflation, but I think we're very, very close now. And then we're definitely not going into deflation like Kathy Wood keeps <laughs> saying, ARC fund, so ridiculous. Deflation, we're going into deflation. No, we're not. But I do think soon we are going to hit the peak and then we're going to go into disinflation. Now, there's a wild card to this. And that is that if they print too much money and they keep printing, 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 that inflation could go up even more. But it's actually very complex because of what all the other central banks are doing. And they're printing a lot of money at the same time. So let me just give you a couple of the stats then. So food was up 11.2% year on year, energy up 19.8%. So it's almost reached 20% inflation in the USA. And it's just interesting because 
I knew we were going there, but so many people were in denial about this energy crisis and said, no, it will never happen in the USA. The USA has got so much of their own energy that it would actually never happen. But actually, that's where it is now. The USA is having this massive um, crisis with their energy because they're not actually being allowed to realize um, all of the energy potential that is in the USA, as we've covered multiple times. Now, I did want to talk about JP Morgan's forecast, which was hilarious. And those of you who have taken my stock market course um, recently will probably be laughing at what JP Morgan forecast for yesterday. And I knew that this would not happen. I was surprised they put this out. So let me just tell you what it said. If inflation is 7.9%, so obviously lower, uh, so that's year on year, expect a 3% rise in the market. But if inflation is up, it will be a negative 5% day. Well, inflation was up and it was a plus 3% day in the market. So the S&P and the Dow, which just made me laugh so much because one of the things I talked about in my course is that the markets are not in this phase of logic right now and following earnings and, and following everything. They are a little bit, but it's more psychological. So there's a, a great book written about the panics. So you've got eight, you know, there was four different panics basically in the 1800s. Most of them haven't been well documented, but a couple of them have. And it's just so interesting when you read about these panics and, and you understand it's the same pattern over and over again. Oh, we got a guy fishing here. <laughs> so it's the same pattern every single time with these panics and they move from this fundamental phase into a psychological phase. So that's why you can't expect them to follow logic at the moment. Yeah, what JP Morgan is, is said is correct. They should have done what they said, but you've got to expect the unexpected and continue to expect this. And just look at what's going on in Argentina at the moment. Gosh, this is where my photographic memory lets me down. I think they're at 78 or 77.5, something like that, percent inflation. I think they're gonna hit 100% inflation very soon. I know that's a, a, you know, an outrageous call, but I think, I think they are. And you've only got to look at what they're doing right now. People, I mean, a lot of people, Actually, let's get past this noisy waterfall here. Okay, that's better. <laughs> so what's happening is that these garbage dumps now, huge numbers of people are there waiting for the garbage trucks to come in. And they are just ripping through all this, basically people's trash, what people are throwing away, ripping through it to see what they can find to take back to their family or what they can take back and, and sell, make some money on it. And this is... People don't really, I know a lot of people don't really have never been to Argentina. Some of you will have been, but majority of people won't. Argentina was actually, well, this is my own opinion, but the jewel of South America at one point, very, very wealthy nation. But people don't think about Argentina in this way anymore because of the problems they've got. And their inflation problem is getting out of control now. Will they go into a period of hyperinflation and then a currency collapse? Possibly, it's definitely possible. But what I wanted to focus on was, I was going through a load of these articles and videos of Argentinians, and one of them was excellent. And it was basically them saying, giving some advice to the West. So someone said, what advice would you give to people in the West? And they gave two or three points, and they were absolutely spot on with these points. So one of them was, 
don't keep your money in the bank. <laughs> what have we been talking about? So they said, don't keep your money in the bank. That was from this lady who was older. Another lady said, make sure that you've got barterable items, which I thought was a very interesting one because I've talked about this. So make sure you've got some items that you can barter, make sure you've got some, she talked about some small ounces of, uh, small amounts of gold or silver. And then this other man said, uh, he was obviously a father with some kids there. He said, make sure you've got food because um, you need food. Um, that's what the difficulty is. The food inflation is so high. Good morning. Nice in the sun. Oh, lovely. Okay, I just had to pause there, having a nice chat with those um, people that just went by. I always say I love talking to older people because you learn so much from older people. Whereas with younger people, sometimes I learn something, but it's usually the opposite. I'm sort of trying to share some of my very small amount of wisdom with them. But older people, I can talk to them all day long. So another question I've been getting recently is about gold and silver. This is probably the question that comes up all the time. I actually do talk about gold and silver and I do an analysis on it every single month. It's just that most of you won't see it because you're not in the private community. So you don't see the hour long macro video where I go over investments and everything else. So let me just quickly mention, yes, I still own gold. I still own silver. I haven't changed my positions on them in a very long time because just because it hasn't done what it's supposed to do just yet, it's a matter of time, it's inevitable. The central banks are still trying to convince people that they're fighting inflation, they've got it under control. They haven't, and it's obvious. And as soon as everyone realizes that, you should see an uplift in precious metal prices, but we're just not there yet. So it's completely up to you what you do. I don't sell metal. I've got no financial incentive to tell any of you to, to buy it. So it's completely up to you whether you hold it or not, or <laughs> the comments were funny. You know, it's a, a barbarous relic. That was the best comment I've ever seen on precious metals. Yeah, okay, we'll see. We'll see what people think about that if we go into some sort of a uh, major crisis, as if we're not in one already. So back over to the UK then, where Royal Mail has just announced that they will cut 10,000 jobs. No small number. And you're going to see a lot more of these job cuts coming, by the way. But that's what has just been announced. But also another worrying one. And again, I've talked about this for a long, long time. I don't get into it all, but you know the background to it. There are now 2.5 million people in the UK on long-term sick. So who cannot work? The doctors have signed them off. There's just absolutely no way they can work. They can't even do you know, very basic stuff for all sorts of reasons. And the ONS, which is the Office for National Statistics, say they are baffled. I love that word, it's one of my favorite words. Say they are baffled by this. They just can't figure it out. And medical experts as well have been consulted. They also can't figure it out what is responsible for the highest ever. So this is ever on record number of people who are sick and cannot work. Got a little, little dog here. <laughs> lovely. Okay, we just had a lovely little dog there come and say hello. But just before we get into the next stuff, just had something come out. Remember I mentioned Netflix? I mean, how can you forget I talk about that? I said one of the ways I think they'll increase profitability is they'll start doing ads with their package. And that has just been announced today. So let's see what that does to the Netflix stock. And just on stocks, just a reminder that I've now got a payment plan 
on my course and it is still on sale at the moment. Okay, so let's move on. One of the things I thought was quite funny last week with a lot of the comments, people said um, that I was walking on the Windows XP background. I know I don't have a Windows computer, so I didn't know what that even looked like. But here we've got a little comparison on the screen, which is pretty funny. But okay, let's get into the big story from Europe then. Here we go. The biggest refinery in Europe, Shell's Pernis in the Netherlands, suffered a malfunction late on Wednesday, which could exacerbate an already worsening fuel supply situation in northwestern Europe due to the strikes in France. Yeah, I don't buy it. I don't buy it for a minute. You've, you know, you never used to hear about all of this stuff a few years ago where an entire industry was just grinding to a halt and they've all got massive problems and supply issues and all this other stuff. And now you hear about it every single week. So what's that? The biggest refinery in Europe just happens to have a malfunction and it's all offline. It's gonna be X amount of time until it's, it's like, I don't buy it. I think it's nonsense. I think all of this stuff we keep hearing about all these refineries and all the energy supply, I think it's all deliberate. I know conspiracy ha time or whatever, I, I do. I think it's all deliberate. You only need to have the sort of models that I have. And it's so much fun sometimes to throw everything in uh, to spreadsheets and some of my software. And I just love statistics. I, I think you know that about me. I love statistics. So the odds of some of these things, it was like, remember those three planes that all crashed into food factories that were in the middle of nowhere? The odds of that, it's just crazy. Some of this stuff is just crazy. I was gonna bring Kristen in now, but I don't know where she's gone. She's, she's gone off on her own little walk somewhere. So let me carry on with this, this story. So France's fuel distribution continues to be disrupted by the ongoing strikes at refineries. So this is 60% of French refining capacity right now is offline. So basically this is all over wages and it's, it seems pretty much cut and dry, everyone government, the public, the workers, they all say that these wage increases are fair because of these record amounts of profits and that the company can afford it. But the energy industry is basically saying, no, we're not going to be giving or paying these, these higher wages. Well, this is the situation you end up with then. You end up with this stalemate of strikes. And I think Royal Mail in the UK is, is striking as well at the moment. I mean, you, you can have a lot more strikes. Okay, another big story today then. This is from the USA. Government data from the US shows American farmers could export the least amount of wheat in half a century. And um, there's a lot of talk about this as to you know, why they would. A lot of people are saying it's because there just isn't enough wheat and there won't be enough wheat for the USA this year. Other people are saying that it's, you know, I mean, there's so many different stories or rumors going around. Other people are saying that the government needs it for their emergency supplies for a food shortage that's going to be coming. Again, it really depends who you listen to. Over to Turkey now then. And what have we been talking about with misinformation and censorship? Well, Turkey have just passed a new law, which is, and this is how crazy it's, it's getting now, three-year prison sentence for anything classed as misinformation. Again, who decides what is misinformation? Can you trust everything that comes from the media or your government? Absolutely not. We've seen the evidence of this. Who is gonna be judge and jury over this? That is the question that I've got. 
So we're no doubt going to see or start to see a lot of Turkish people going to prison, three-year prison sentences, for some of their viewpoints, some of their beliefs. I just don't know how this is going to go. It's going to be uh, pretty crazy and it might even spread to other countries. And this is another interesting story came out um, just this week. So a new study has just come out and said what I've said for years. And that is about kids, you know, children. And I get it. I know this is going to get some criticism, but I get that in some countries, especially the USA, it's not safe for you to just let your kids go out and run around the streets and go wherever they want because you've got a lot of weird people out there, a lot of predators and things like that. But I remember when I was a kid, I would go out as soon as I woke up, basically, especially on weekends. I'd be up or, or holidays, you know, school holidays. I'd be out. I wouldn't get back until late at night. You know, uh, basically, my parents had a rule. I had to be back before dark. So this is when I was a very, you know, young kid and everything was fine. I never, never had any issues. Yeah, I got into trouble from time to time, but what kids don't. But nowadays, it's a lot more risky for kids to just go out and play. Now here on this island, you see kids walking to school on their own, going, to, going home on their own. You see kids playing on their own. You know, you might, I saw some kids just earlier on their bikes. They must have been eight, nine years old, a couple of kids. Um, so it is a lot safer over here and some other places. But yeah, it is, it is more dangerous in other countries. But anyway, this survey, this study come, came out and said that mud, i.e. this stuff here, is actually good for children. Yes, they've done all these studies and they've found that mud is actually good for children. And I remember, and you probably remember as well, that how you were always out just running around and getting all muddy, playing football or soccer or whatever else, playing rugby, you're always getting muddy. And um, I remember once I even made a mud pie or a mud cake and it didn't taste very good. But, but you get the idea. So what they found is, and I think this links in with a lot of other studies about soil and growing your own vegetables and farming and things like that, and why you shouldn't over-fertilize the land anyway, because there are billions of these, um, what are they, microorganisms, I guess the best way, and they're very good for us. So they found that children that just stay indoors all day, playing on their computers, they have so many illnesses, a very weak immune system, lots of allergies, asthma, etc. But kids actually go out and they play in the mud and, you know, they're outdoors a lot. They have far, far, I mean, it's significantly fewer of these health problems. Okay, we've got to talk about a few funny ones today. Cancel culture in the USA is getting worse. <laughs> right, so I've heard some really funny ones. In fact, I don't know where Kristen is. I wanted to get her back on. I mean, this is a huge reservoir. Let me just show you. Look how far we've walked already and we've still got all this. So she's somewhere anyway. She just likes to plow ahead sometimes. But yeah, in the USA. So, oh gosh, it's a funny one. So there's all these, this is only coming out now, but from this summer, so many people have said, oh yeah, at barbecues, a barbecue, okay? A barbecue. People have said that they made sure there was no meat at their barbecue because they didn't want to offend any vegetarians or vegans. Okay. Now, I have barbecues. I love barbecues. And I have dozens and dozens of people at my barbecues. But there's absolutely no way that I would say, right, okay, we've got two or three vegans come in and we've got 20 or 30 meat eaters. So we're not going to have any meat at the, 
the barbecue is going to be meat free just so I don't offend some people. But honestly, this is this trend that is going around at the moment. So many people signing up to this kind of stuff, this sort of, it's like a cancel culture. And talking of cancel culture, this story has just come out about Gen Z, Z for the Europeans. And this is where it gets really ridiculous now. I mean, this is so ridiculous. It's just unbelievable. So they want to start canceling emojis. I've got to read this out to you because of how just bizarre this one is. Let's turn around a bit. Okay, so the big one, the one they're most upset with is the thumbs up, which they find to be offensive, passive aggressive and confrontational. They also want to cancel the red heart and the okay hand. And some, this is where it gets even crazier, and some are even calling for it to be added to an upcoming new bill on hate speech, with the eggplant emoji being the most offensive of, of all and should carry an even more severe punishment. Another suggested that using the infamous eggplant emoji is actually a major turnoff when it comes to dating. So here are just a few more that I've added into this clip. Monkey covering eyes, clapping hands, lipstick kiss, mark grimacing face. And many experts believe that emojis should have limited use to avoid misinterpretation of emotions. Okay, I found her, like 30 minutes later. Here she is. Christine, what were you doing, huh? What were you thinking? I didn't know that it went to this whole secret area. Okay, so. yeah, I'm gonna give you the mic so you can say what you wanted to say about going to America. Well, yeah, sorry about that. I like to just walk off and do my thing. You know Neil, you know what he's like. I just gotta be doing my own thing half the time. I was in America for a few weeks, uh, visiting family, doing some work. I went to a conference, which I'll get to in just a second, but I visited a lot of different places. Um, one of them being the Los Angeles area in California, um, the other one being in Las Vegas. And you know, there's definitely something in the air. I feel like people just aren't spending as much as they normally would. Places just weren't as busy as they normally would be. Uh, same with restaurants and cafes. And the price of things, wow, has drastically gone up. I'm sure you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. And the other thing that you guys might know about is the homeless situation in uh, California, specifically mostly where I saw it was in the LA area. Ah oh, man, I'm really hoping that the government does something for them soon because um, it is really out of control. Now each little city within LA has its own sort of um, laws and regulations around it, but the areas that are allowing it, it is all over the place and it was shocking. I grew up near there my entire life and I've never seen anything like it. So I really hope that all of that gets sorted out soon. And one last thing, I went to a YouTube conference in Los Angeles and I met loads of, well, all sorts of YouTubers, including really, really big ones too, all walks of life, all channels. And actually, two people in particular I met are huge fans of Neil. Dan from I Allegedly and Economic Ninja. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that they're his biggest fans, but um, that might be a secret. But either way, the majority of people that I met, some were conservative, some were liberal, of course, you know, Los Angeles, and everybody either knew of Neil and or had great things to say about him, which was amazing because, you know, he's my husband and I support him in his channel. All right. Well, thanks for watching today. Take care, guys. God bless you. And we'll see you very soon.